and we are live. G'day everyone and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Mike Jeffrey and you are listening to My Creative Journey, episode number six. To all you new listeners out there, a big welcome to you guys and thank you so much for taking the time to actually come and listen to an episode of this podcast. I know it's a big effort to sign up to a new podcast and to become invested in, in something like that. So I know that's a big commitment. So I really appreciate having you guys here. And also welcome back to everyone who listened to last week's episode and everyone who has, has been starting to listen to a few of the episodes. I feel like I feel like it's been really nice over the past sort of 24 hours where, where I've sort of felt that weight lift off my shoulders, I guess, in the way that I only announced the podcast yesterday afternoon as I'm recording this now. This I'm recording this the next day after announcing the podcast out there to everyone. And as I said in last week's episode, I knew it was going to be that big, that big sort of build up to, to releasing uh, the episodes because I'd been working on it for so long, but not having anyone here actually listening to the episodes makes it a bit, it was a bit of a strange feeling, I guess, for me. And, but in a way, there was some nervousness in being able to present that to the world and being, I wasn't quite sure if I was ready to put that out there yet, but I'm glad I got it out there because it's just allowed me then to to sort of push through and I was excited to come and turn up for today's episode but without having that weight on my shoulders I guess and I really can't wait to see where this goes moving forward from here. I I, I did hear from quite a few people overnight last night about, about the podcast and, and how amazing it is that I've actually started a podcast. I feel like for a fair few people and, and myself included, the idea of, of starting a podcast is something that's so far outside the norm I would guess I feel like it is something that I'm I'm starting to see a lot more people jump on the on the wagon of uh including myself I guess having started this podcast it's it's starting to become more sort of normal but it's still one of those weird things it's still one of those things that you can't just it's not just as easy uh I guess as as other art forms and 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 things I suppose people anyone can be on Instagram people can People can make videos and put them on YouTube, but I feel like when it comes to starting a podcast, it's there's that sort of extra barrier there that people just think it's so unattainable in a way. And yeah, being able to have those messages of people saying how people saying how great that was and that I was able to do that, it, it really made me feel like, oh yeah, this this is actually a thing that I'm trying to do and that I've been working on for so long. And and it was actually a lot harder than than I kind of made it out to be. And I think having some of that some of that feedback really just encouraged me to continue on and encouraged me to to really not take for granted the things that that I have and to be proud of the work that I've been producing I guess um, I, I know I said in last week's episode you have to put that you have to put that work out into the world and allow people to to be able to judge it and but allow people to have their feedback on it and it's not always going to be negative feedback there are going to be some who are going to say some negative things but I think overall the reception on most things of you trying something new I think overall reception is very positive and and I was I was grateful to hear from quite a few people last night and this morning about the podcast and just how much they thought of it I don't get a lot of statistics around how many people have actually listened to the episode how many people have have actually downloaded it and things like that because as I said it's just a podcast and there's not actually that much that that goes in behind it I don't know I don't know the average listen time of the podcast I don't know how many people have actually listened to it? I know a few people have listened to it, and I have seen a few of the numbers on it. On uh, how many people have downloaded the podcast has actually increased. So that is one thing that I I can sort of gauge by how many people download podcasts. But I know I'm someone who likes to listen to podcasts at home, so not so much always downloading them, but but just uh, you're listening to them on the internet at home. So 
you don't always get those same metrics as you do in other places, but I guess it's the same on, uh, on, on things like Instagram and things like that where, where you can't always see how many people have actually viewed your stuff. But you're just sort of leaving it up to the fact that it's out there now and if anyone wants to go listen to it, that's great. So it's been really good to finally get that weight off the shoulders and, and feel like we're starting to move into something now. I said it in the first episode that I never wanted this to be something that was clean and that was polished and that was ready to go from the start. I, I knew that that style for me had really held me back in the past and something that um, I didn't want this to be was something that just was on the was just an idea that I had on the shelf that something I was trying to trying to perfect and trying to get it to 100% before I released it. I said that I released the first episode well below 100% and I knew that that was the best way for me to go about it and I knew that I can continue to improve as the weeks went on. I know I didn't I didn't put everything into the first episode. It also helped because I knew that there would be no one actually listening to the first episode. So it didn't matter if I got that up on time, it didn't matter if I had everything in the description, it didn't matter if I had an image to go with it, it didn't matter if I had a website, it didn't matter if I had this, that, and the other because I just knew it had to get out there. And then I can continue to add things and I can continue to improve. I know last week's episode, I was a bit editing it. I was a bit like, I need to put more in this. I need this to be a lot larger than last week's episode. It needs to have all the bells and whistles of a normal podcast so that when people actually come and listen to this episode, they're going to think that it's been really well produced and they're going to be excited around listening to it. But then I thought... I've always wanted it to be something that was very organic and something that's just happening and something that is actually evolving and growing through the journey of this podcast. I think, as I've said, this is this is the creative journey around around me and my business, but having it as a podcast as well is something else that's starting to grow. So I want to be able to show that transition and moving forward and and being able to add and improve on it week on week. So I'm I'm trying to get better at my editing. I'm trying to I'm trying to make it sound a lot better as we go, but. In those first few episodes, I know that they didn't sound that great, and I know that some of the things in that weren't weren't the best, and I know they weren't recorded the best way. I know that everything that went into it wasn't that great, but I enjoy that because now I can look back and see some sort of growth. I didn't stew over the fact that it had to be perfect in week one and sit there for a month and a half editing that one episode just to get it ready. So I'm really glad that it's been able to show that transition. In one of those ways, I've tried to uh, improve in this week, I guess, in and you'll, you guys will be able to let me know and how this episode actually sounds because I'm trying to record in a space without as much echo. And I've been recording uh, and I noticed in last week's edit and, and earlier than that, I guess, is that there was a lot of echo in the room uh, and that and that certainly came through in the recording. So I'm trying to trying to decrease that. I obviously don't have the best setup here. I didn't, I'm not going and spending thousands of dollars on, on all this podcasting equipment. I'm just using stuff that I already had at home and just recording it in the office here. But I just really want to be able to make it as good as I can with the stuff that I've got. So I'm trying to continue week on week. Hopefully we can start to add more bits and pieces in now. As I said, there's been that, I feel like there's been that weight lifted now that I can sort of open up a bit more creative freedom and throw some more things in there and see what you guys are liking. And and really at the end of the day, I'm, I feel like I'm still going to continue to make this. So regardless of, of whether I add different things or, or whatnot, I think it's going to be something that I can keep going with. So I'm really looking forward to experimenting and keeping going that way. So as we normally do at the start of this podcast episode, I normally talk about the things I've done through the last week. And this week has been a bit of a stranger one for me. I had two episodes come out between recording episode five and six. So episode four came out last Friday as well. I was a bit behind on my schedule and I knew I had to get those those up and out because I'm trying to push my recording date 
to be after the release date of the last episode. So episode five came out yesterday. I'm recording episode six today. So I've actually had time to get feedback. Whereas before I was releasing episodes after I'd recorded the next one. So episode five wasn't meant to come out till this Friday, but I pushed it back to Monday and tried to hurry it along to get it in there so we can keep going on this sort of schedule now. You guys are going to have to let me know. If you did like the Mondays, are you you going to continue to enjoy early in the week? If I release episodes then, is that a better time or would you rather later in the week? I think for me, earlier in the week is good, but I can move to later in the week, but I just wanted to to have it that I'm recording the next episode after the last one airs because it allows me to get some of that feedback. So I did have two episodes go live in the last week and that was really a bit of a strange thing for me because editing the podcast at the moment is the thing that's taking the longest time. That's taking, I know for episode five, it took me about five hours, maybe six hours to edit that episode because I do go through and chop a lot of things. You you guys probably don't, you guys probably aren't as aware as I am that there are a lot of different chops and changes in there. I really hope that I'm hiding them well, but it, it is one of those ways that I'm trying to overcome that and using editing to be able to get around some of the things that I thought were probably going to hold me back in the start and using that to just try and keep going. I know it's going to get easier as we go along and I know these, these episodes are going to become smoother and smoother, but uh, just being able to edit and chop change. And I don't know, I've been saying a lot of different offhand things that don't really make sense. So I'm trying to get rid of all that so we can continue to work into the flow so that the episodes can continue to roll on and I'm feeling confident about them and can continue to produce them each week. And and that was really something for me last week in that editing both episodes back to back, there was a stark difference between episode four and episode five in the editing in that I didn't I didn't see myself having to take as much out of episode five as I did in episode four. It was a, it was quite a long struggle to get through that. And I, I knew that from the recording day that they were vastly very different episodes and and ones that I knew was improving on the next. And already recording this one, I know that I'm not going to have to make as many chops and changes and I'm more prepared for this one. And I feel like the more used to the process that I can get, the more each episode is going to come in a lot cleaner. So that's just one of the things we're doing moving forward. In terms of last week though, I didn't actually do a lot uh, of work. I actually came down quite sick uh, last Monday afternoon. So I recorded last week's episode on Monday and you guys probably will have remembered if you've listened to last week's episode, I said that I almost skipped out on that episode because I had something else on Monday afternoon last week and I almost skipped recording the episode and pushed that back to Tuesday because I wanted to go do something else on Monday afternoon. I thought, oh, I can just push it to Tuesday. I don't have anything on on Tuesday. I'll record Tuesday. It didn't have to be up to the next Monday, so I've got heaps of time. I then decided because based on episode four, what I'd spoken about is prioritizing my own work. And so I decided to come and sit down on that Monday afternoon and record the episode. And And I'm so glad that I did because later that night, I started to come down quite sick. And Tuesday morning, I could barely speak. I could I was in bed most of the day Tuesday and most of the day Wednesday. So I am glad that I recorded that episode on Monday because I don't think it would have happened until probably today, maybe yesterday was the first day that I could probably sit down here and speak. You guys can probably hear it in my voice now that I'm still holding on to a bit of that sickness and a bit clogged up in the nose and and that sort of comes through on the microphone. So I'm glad that I got that episode out of the way. And it's one of those things that I speak about is that you need to do things when you can do them. You can't keep pushing things back because eventually something is going to come up and something is going to slow your progress. So if you're not ahead of the game, it's going to get harder and harder to keep going. If I hadn't recorded that episode last Monday, it would have been tough for me to get it out by this Monday. So it would have just already pushed back the process and and then allowed everything else to slide further down the line. And it, it just probably would have ended up in a spiral. So I'm glad that I sat down there and committed that time and 
And here I am again this Tuesday and recording this episode on the new schedule. So this is really good. Yeah. So in terms of other things that I did last week, I really didn't do a lot. I was in bed most of the week. And and then by Friday, I edited episode four of the podcast and released it on Friday. So that was the sort of same day release. It was the first day I could sit down at the computers with headphones on and stare at a screen because because my eyes were so watery and my ears were blocked up and I could barely sit in a chair for, for too long until Friday. So I did that. And then on, on Sunday and early Monday, I edited episode five. So it came out Monday afternoon. I edited all the way up basically uh, to Monday afternoon and then, and then released it yesterday. And so that was basically all I did through the last week. And, and it was strange to take time off. I, I, I do find it hard to, to sort of sit there and I know that I, aren't able to do anything else but it really sort of drives me up a wall that I just have to sit there and I I sort of stew about all the different ideas that I have and things that I really want to do but in the end of the day you just have to take time and you just have to allow yourself to rest and 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 try and get better in that way and I'm glad that I did because I came back with more energy I think this week and and after having last week off it it really drove me to know that uh, I'm headed in the right direction because of the things that I was thinking about and things that I was sort of planning for were all the things that I had been trying to do at work. So I was I was really looking forward to getting back to that and that I think is a good sign. Speaking of last week, I did have a little story and 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 one of the things that I did I did manage to do last week was actually play a game of Monopoly. There wasn't a lot of other things that I could do last week, but but me and the housemates here played a game of Monopoly and it was a, probably the first time I've played Monopoly in oh god knows probably 10 years at least like the actual board game monopoly i haven't played at least 10 years probably 15 it was interesting because we were all pretty much feeling under the weather and so we were just hanging around on a one afternoon and we said let's just play a board game because there was nothing else we really felt like doing and we'd already watched a few movies and basically the next logical step was let's go play monopoly i don't know if that's anyone else's logical thought process but that's where we came to and we sat down and played monopoly for about 6 hours and I wanted to give a, a little bit of a story out of it, and I guess it's, I suppose, the idea of the game, but it, it really made me think, and I'm, I I suppose I am often guilty of this in that I often do think about things and, and overthink about different things and, and the way and processes in life in general, and I think I'm often trying to study different things and trying to find out how things work and trying to see and analyze different things that I see in my day-to-day life. And, and I suppose in this instance, it sort of comes in a good way it can sometimes come in bad ways over analyzing too many things. I can't just sit down and enjoy a movie. I have to have to analyze different things going on in, in different sort of scenes and that and the other. But in this instance, it's sort of we're playing Monopoly and and it sort of I feel like it taught me a few things in that in the style and the and the game of Monopoly that I did play. I want to sort of take you guys on this bit of a journey in that in that we had us four players, right? And I decided to go with the sort of style in that as I was going around and I was landing on the properties, I thought that I would just buy them, right? Obviously, with a little bit of strategy in there into which ones I would buy, but I thought I will buy as many as I can at the start, right? I knew that it was going to leave me with not much money to spare once I got round the board and um, I wouldn't, if I did land on anyone else's property, I'd be able to be susceptible there on that front and not having much money left in the bank. But I thought in the long run, it's better to spend a little bit of money up front and then hope in this what is a game of chance really in that other people will land on on my properties, right? So then another player who was there at the table, Josh, I'm sorry to throw you under the bus if you are listening to this, but his method was to uh, to not actually buy any properties. So ones he landed on, most of them he didn't buy and just put them up for auction straight away. So he was trying to hold on to his money at the start and thought that 
he would just buy a few here and there. He only was after select ones. But then when he got around the board, he only had probably two properties, all right? And everyone else had about six or seven. I probably had the most amount of properties coming back after that first round, but I probably had the least amount of money left in the bank. And I thought, it's a bit of a risky move. I knew I didn't have the best properties. I had probably, I had most of them in the first half of the board, which you know aren't the most expensive properties, but I had most of those uh, on that way around. And I knew that chances are people are going to land, are going to have to land on those squares, right? So we have Josh over there who has so much money on him that it's it's unbelievable. Like he could own all my properties with the amount of money he's got, but he, but he hasn't got any properties. So he's sitting there with a lot of money. And if we had to end of the game at that point, he probably would win the game because he's got so much money and he can just buy anything he wants if anyone else was to go bankrupt. So me sitting over here, I went around the board the next couple of times and I'd landed on other people's properties, right? So I had to pay up a lot of money. I was getting to the point where I had to start mortgaging some of my properties and I was thinking, oh, this has been a, this has been a real big mistake for me. I've mortgaged a few of my, my more expensive properties to try and get a bit of money to try and pay rent to some other people and I was going around and I was just having bad luck and landing on people's squares, right? Whereas Josh, on the other hand, was was going around seeming to not land on anyone else's property and just landing on the chance cards all the time and always always collecting money in, in some way or another. And he, he was just stockpiling his money over there and I could see it and I was thinking, oh, maybe that's a better method. But then I thought, eventually, as we go on, the chance has to come that everyone's going to land on my properties. It, it, it has to it has to come that way and it has to it has to bring me something. So I got, I was probably on my last floor. I had basically no money left. And then people started landing on my properties. And one by one, they would start having to pay me a little bit of money. Obviously not much because I only owned, owned the properties in, a, in the first half of the board. So they weren't paying me a lot of money. I didn't have houses on them or anything, but they just paid me enough just to get me back around to the to the start of the board, I'd collect my $200 and I'd, I'd keep going on my way. I was just struggling through there. Whereas Josh was just starting to lose a bit of money and he was just coming down off the top of the board and just starting to lose because he wasn't actually collecting any money from anywhere. He'd just been holding on to this money and not investing it, I guess, in a way that he would actually get any returns out of it because he didn't have any properties. He had only probably two or three properties on the board at this point and so he couldn't collect a lot of money. Me, on the other hand, I was starting to build my way up. There were a couple other players in the game. They're collecting money as well. But I knew that in the long term, I had more properties, so the chance had to be that they were going to land on mine. And each time I would get some money from someone landing on them, I would immediately go and take that money and put houses on because I knew that I only had to make it around the board one more time. And every time I'd pass go, I'd get another $200. So I just had to make it to the end of that board. And every time I would, I'd put that money straight into another house because I knew the odds were that someone would land on that property. And it was really that long game of, of thinking that you had to invest the money. You, you can't just hold on to it in the chance that you'll land on someone else and have to pay them money. Because if you have to pay the money, you have to pay the money, but you're not going to ever invest anything and you're not going to ever get any money back if you're not willing to put that money out there and spend it. So eventually the game, a few of the players drop out and and Josh is sitting over there on not much money left. He's starting to come down. He's really falling. He probably had like $2,000 in the start. He's now down to his last 100. He's falling off. I'm building back up over $1,000 and I'm starting to compete with other people who are owning some of the larger properties on the board in that just because I own so many, I'm able to compete now with people who are owning big, large ones on the board. 
I knew if I was to land on one of those big properties that I'd be almost over. Like I had no money at some stages there and if I had have landed on those, the chances were, how many squares on the board? About 40 squares. So the chance of me landing on one of those squares was was about one in 20 on landing on some of those bigger squares and some of those bigger properties and, and losing all my money. But I knew that the odds were that I owned about eight or nine properties in the first half of the board. So every time they would come around, they'd, the chance was very high that they were going to land on one of those properties. So I just had to sort of stick with the long game. And as I said, I was very down. I basically had no money. I had mortgaged most of my properties and then got back up to a point where I was able to able to unmortgage properties, put houses on, eventually get hotels on. And in the end, I probably came back with more money than anyone else because other people were falling off because they were landing on my properties. And then as they were getting more houses, they were getting more expensive to pay rent. I was getting more money and this, that, and the other. And I think the and I think the lesson that that really taught me was was that you have to spend money to make money. And I think we all know this. We all know that you have to spend money to make money. But people who just hold on to money are never going to see. You can't just hold on to money and have it be stable. You know, like you can't have money and have it there forever and it not change in value and not uh, and not ever have to use some of that money. You can't just have that stash away. You're eventually going to have to use it or you get to the end of your life and you never use it at all. So it's not really worth anything to anyone. But if you invest that money into things, you can then make money off that money. So it's able to appreciate and grow and expand in that sort of way. So for me, coming back to the whole whole moral of this story is that I'm really trying to and trying to take some of those principles and, and use them into into putting things into my business. And it's been a little bit of a mindset shift for me probably in the last 12 months in that starting my own business and starting to realize how much investing your own money is worth it in the long term and how much um, that investment can then grow and grow you a business. And if you're not willing to invest any money in your own business, then you're never going to see any sort of growth. You can you can have a business at a sort of mediocre sort of stage and not invest any money and you can stay at that mediocre stage but eventually you're going to fall off. If you're not keeping up with the trend, if you're not continuing to outpush the next person, you're eventually going to get pushed out. So you have to keep investing, investing money, investing time into that business to be able to see any sort of growth. And that was that was really the th- sort of thing for me. And to see that in the game, albeit just a board game on a table on a Thursday afternoon, it still represented so much of the things that I'm trying to do in business. And that was the real takeaway for me in that believing that just because I could spend a little bit more. I just had to spend that little bit more and be able to and take a chance on it and just have it out there knowing that hopefully it would come back around. The odds were in my favor if I was going to just throw it out there and keep putting it out there. I almost went into bankruptcy. I was so close to the edge, but I just knew that it's not going to happen if I hold on to it. I just knew that all that meant was that I would go bankrupt in the next go round on the board. So the next roll I got, I'd be bankrupt then rather than now. So I'd rather be bankrupt now than then so I may as well just throw it all out there and put that chance out in the world and, and really see if I can get it going. So, And that's really what that taught me in the whole sort of business metaphor in that I'm trying to actively spend money and advertise and, and upskill myself and, and, and put money into equipment in my business because I know long term these things are going to come back to me and these things are going to reward me later on. And it's a, it's a bit of a shift, as I said, for me and someone who didn't think that they needed to do any of those things, who didn't think they needed to invest in their own business, just thought they could grow organically and just invest as they started to get more business. But you're never going to get business if you're not going to invest in your own business. Then why would anyone else choose to invest 
in your business. So it's that whole mindset shift. I don't want this whole episode to be about about that sort of economics of of the business and and the whole strategy and investing and all that sort of stuff. But eventually I'd like to make an episode on that. But this one, I just want to leave it at that. And I just want to say that that was a little story I was thinking about. And and I just wanted to give you guys that example because these are the type of things that I think I do think about through the week. And I'm sure there are a lot of you out there who would see things going on in the world and hear stories from other people and see things on the news and, and sort of take bits and pieces. And it's I think it's important to take things from places that you wouldn't normally expect. And and that's one of the biggest things about being an artist, I guess, is that is taking inspiration from all different types of things in life and that you can't just take inspiration from your own medium and that you have to take it from other places, from obscure places. And I think some of the best ideas come from those obscure places that other people wouldn't tend to think about, but you've seen something that no one else has. And so just be aware of those sort of things and be open to thinking new sorts of things that other people probably aren't thinking and, and trying to be ahead of the game and try to expand your mind wherever you can and, and open yourself up to new things that, that you probably didn't know yesterday. So that is where I'm going to leave that one for today, guys. But just an interesting story that I thought I would share with you all. And so moving on now, I just wanted to share one last thing for all you guys who who may or may not know. I have been training for a half marathon this year. I've been training a lot with my running over the past probably two months really intensely, but even before that, I think isolation last year sort of sparked that sort of interest again in in starting to go for a run and just moving because it was, I guess, one of the only things that we could really do at that time. And, and, and so that really sparked that in me. So I've been I've been really trying to train and, and, and sort of push towards it. And I said in the in the first episode, and I said it in episode four, updating you guys on my resolutions for the year. And, and one of those resolutions was to be able to run a half marathon under an hour and a half. So news on that front is that I have signed up for my first half marathon of the year uh, in early April. I'm not sure if this one is going to be the one that I, I go under an hour and a half, but I think I really wasn't planning on competing in one this early in the year. So It'd be interesting to see how that goes. I know that the one I'm really striving for is probably in July, August. I'm trying to push for one later in the year and so I can get more training in through these through these colder months and, and sort of push and, and see where I can come back out in the spring. But having this one in, in April is going to be a good test and going to be a good uh, thing for me to see and just be under those race conditions. We I really haven't competed in a race for probably three years, so being able to just have that and have that environment and and really see if I can push myself there will be a good platform, I think, to step on and and be able to push up into the next one and try and get that under an hour and a half mark. So that's just a little update for you guys there. And I'm sure if you're all following me on Instagram, you'll get a lot of those updates from time to time. But I just wanted to to confirm that I am locked in for my first half marathon of the year. So that's very exciting news, but also very scary because it is only in about six weeks' time. So we got to try and get the training up to up to speed for that. I think, as I said, I'm not going to have too many expectations heading into it. It's just going to be a good training run and see where I can continue on from there. So so I'm just trying to keep on ticking those boxes off and crossing off some of those news resolutions that I had earlier in the year and keep that momentum rolling forward. Now, moving on to the actual topic of today's podcast, which is all about why people don't start creative journeys. And I think I spoke about this, I think I touched on it a few weeks back and, and I spoke about... Um, uh, why people are scared and why people don't often put themselves out there. But I think today's episode was really sparked an idea from from a conversation I had with my partner last week and, and she asked me a question. She said, do you wish you had started in photography earlier? 
And for me, it was an interesting question because I, I had to look at it from two sorts of ways. I, I said, yes, I, I do wish I had have started earlier, but that only takes into account the fact that I would have only started earlier had the conditions been right for me to start. And so I do wish that I had the conditions around me that I did when I started, and I do wish I had that earlier in my life. But if I wish I would have started earlier in my life with the conditions that I had earlier in my life, I don't think that I would be where I am now. So that's a bit of a tough question to answer and why that, and one that I had to think long and hard about and had to sort of dive into the reasons why I was thinking a certain way about it. And and it really made me think, as I said, about the timing of starting and had I have started a long time ago, it may not have have been what it is today. I think had I have started photography in high school, had I have started back when I was a teenager, I may not be here today. I think about a lot of different things and a lot of uh, things that had to line up in order for uh, the circumstances in my life to turn out the way that they have. And so had I have started in photography in high school, I may have never moved away from home. I may have just opted for that as a career rather than looking at the bigger picture and looking at things that I I probably could have done. I don't know how I would have been exposed to photography back then. Had I have had someone who I knew who was also a photographer and had uh, aspirations of being just like them, if I wanted to like now go and start taking photos of weddings back then in high school, if I had have done that, I don't know that I would be where I am today in life and I don't know that I'm, I may have my own business, but it may be something that I'm not enjoying as much, but maybe something that I really love. And I, it's it's hard to answer those sort of questions when you would be throwing out so much of your life if that if that possibility came true. And so whilst I do wish that I had have started earlier, I don't think the conditions were right. And had I have started earlier, those conditions after that would have completely changed. And a lot of the things that I know now and enjoy in my life wouldn't have been there. And yeah, so I just wanted to dive into that today, guys, and talk about some of the reasons why I don't think I would have or I don't think I could have started photography any earlier. But I also wanted to touch on some of the more broader reasons why other people don't start in photography or any other creative journey a lot earlier and some of the things that I think held me back and some of the things that uh, and some of those conditions that I was talking about that had to be right in my life for things to fall in place. And so, yeah, I just thought that question of, of whether I wished I'd have started photography earlier was just such a interesting question and something that I could dive a lot deeper into in the way that a surface answer wasn't really going to uh, suffice in that sort of question. So I really wanted to, to dig into some of the reasons today. And I think one of the biggest of them is uh, exposure. Exposure of any sort of art form is something that I never had a lot of uh, as a child. And so it's hard to see something as a career when you're not exposed to other people performing in that career. It's the same sort of thing as as you can't know how to do something that you've never seen anyone do before. So uh, the only way to know is to be able to see other people. And I think one of the biggest things for me and in my situation and being uh, from a place where we weren't exposed to a lot of those uh, art forms and, and given that option as, as a career, I guess, is that most of the things that we were shown were the stock standard jobs and careers. And I think that is a thing for a lot of people is that art really is never put at the forefront of things that people can do. I think it's one of those aspirational things. And even more so than the way that if you ask a child what they would like to be when they grow up, I think if they said they wanted to be like a fireman or an astronaut 
I don't think those would be as frowned upon as an artist. I think sometimes they're more uh, realistic. And I think being an astronaut is something that people can see a career path for. People can see what they've got to do to get there and they can see something logical and, and, and they can see it portrayed, I guess, as well in that it's something that is attainable. I think artist in that way is just something that lives outside that sort of space and I think any sort of art form is very difficult to try and crack into and I think it's not something that is often spoken about. It's not something that I knew a lot about. I don't know about other people. I'm sure circumstances and the location you're from and and your family, I guess, as well and that people you know in your family might actually be artists and so having that contact and having that relationship with someone who is an artist and can actively talk about their journey, I think is is so important because I think for me and for a lot of other people, I think the type of careers that you're directly exposed to as a child plays such a big role into thinking what you can do as an adult. And for me, most of those things uh, were just what was around me. And so I didn't know what any sort of artist was. I didn't know what an artist would do. I didn't know the career path for that. I feel like most other jobs have a pretty a pretty carved out path that you know if you walk down this road that you're eventually going to get to the end goal. You know, if you want to go be a doctor, you probably got to go to university as well. You know you've got to do maybe eight years. You know, you probably have to do some sort of placement there. You know, you have to do some work on the job and, and before you're actually given some sort of certification. Same way, you know, if you want to become a tradie, you have to probably go to an apprenticeship and that's a pretty clear paved out path that you know exactly what you've got to do for the next four years. And in that way, I think people assume that those sort of careers are more attainable and therefore are likely to choose those based on the path that is put in front of them, based on the fact that a lot of people are then telling them that those sort of paths are the ones to go down because they're the most safe, they're the most secure, they're the most, they're the easiest to follow in a way because so many people have walked that path before. And as sad as that is, that that does play a role. I think that has to play a role. Because it's within the human psyche to think that if something hasn't been achieved before, then it's unachievable. And so if you haven't seen someone achieve it, you don't know that it's been achieved. So therefore, you can't go down that path. It's interesting, I think, for me, because I think art is one of those careers that people just don't assume is attainable. Because most of it is work done by yourself and, and hard work and hard hours that people don't see. It's interesting, I was, I was making the analogy between artist and an athlete the other day because it's often often go through the same sort of process in that, in that they have to do a lot of training and they have to do a lot of things behind closed doors and they've got to be up every morning early and exercising and eating the right things and doing all the things that, that people wouldn't see. But the thing with an athlete is that a lot of people know what the career path is for that athlete. They know if you want to be able to play this sport professionally, this is what you got to do. And you go and speak to a coach and, and you get yourself a coach and you get yourself a trainer and, and you're doing all these sorts of things and, and you eventually move in. And then people think that sport in that way is an easy task. It's a clear progression and you can see where you've got to go. Especially as Australians, most think that sport is an easy path and because they've seen so many people go through it before. But the one thing that holds people back in sport is that not a lot of people are at the top. And that is one of the things that is 
I'd say the big difference in the two don't if you're not at the top of sport, you're not really someone who's successful in sport. Because people don't see a career in playing B grade sport. And if they get to that level and they never get A grade, they eventually drop off and go do something else. And that is why you see so many people moving up through the ranks of sport. And there's only that minority that get to the top level. But you still see so many people rising up through the ranks and you can see the progression. So people think that they know how to get there. Even though they've only probably seen people get to probably a B level or a C level, they've never seen anyone get to the top. But they just think that because they already know those steps to get there and then they've just got to do one better than the next person. In that way, it's not people being held back by the process. It's people being held back because the process is too hard. Whereas... In art, I think people confuse what the process is and I think they don't understand it because they've never seen anyone. It's not actively out there in the light. However, what I find funny in that is that I think if you're a B-class artist, there's a lot more potential than being a B-class athlete because being a B-class artist doesn't necessarily mean that you're not at the top of the top. A lot of people perceive artists in some respects as being too hard to reach. If you want to become a singer, right, you see an artist who's at the top of the top and you think, The only way to become a singer is to be like them and to be right at the top. But I think the more you learn and the more you know about the art form is that there are many levels below that that can exist and that people can very much sustain themselves in and earn a good amount of money in and and be very happy moving forward in their life being in a class below the top level. And I think this is especially true in, in heaps of different art forms. I think regardless if you want to be a movie director, if you're not directing top quality movies, that doesn't necessarily mean that you haven't made it because you can still make a a fair chunk of money and be very comfortable and very successful in your life without being at the top of the top. This is one of those those differing things that people don't actually see that. People don't see that path in that just because you're not at that top level, you can still exist at, at levels under that. And I think that is one of the big things for photography and I think it's one of the things we're seeing a lot more people jumping into photography recently is through that rise of that second and third class of photographer that it's becoming more accessible to the everyday person and it's becoming more open and sharing a lot more of their journey and being able to put things out there into the world that are inspiring younger people to, to think that it is actually possible. In a way it is because it's able to be an art form that can exist at multiple different levels. And just because you're not the top of the top photographer in the world, just because you're not out there being asked to shoot for the best magazines in the world, you're not taking the best landscape photos and having your art in all the different art galleries around the world doesn't mean you can't be a successful photographer. And I think we've learned that with things like Instagram and YouTube and things like that, where people are still making a decent living off that art form. It is one of the great things about photography in that it can exist at multiple levels. And you can be someone working just 10 to 15 hours at home only doing one photo shoot every week and making yourself an okay income and still supporting yourself. You can be that person and that's fine. And I think it's opened up the career to more people, definitely shown more people that it is able to be done and that with a bit of time and effort, you can actually produce quality work. That is one of the reasons that I think a lot of people are moving into it now that perhaps before it wasn't as so much shown that what that career path was and what that progression was. As I said, photography is a very self-driven thing and I think a lot of art forms are as well in that there's a lot of groundwork that goes into being a photographer or being an artist or being a musician or being whatever whatever different form of art you want to do. A lot of things go into that and people don't realize that a lot of it is off your own back. You are most of the things in your own business and especially 
if you want to do any art form and you want to make it into a business, like if you wanted to be, if you wanted to just be a drawer and you wanted to draw images, right? If you want to do different sorts of sketches, you could easily sketch artworks and be able to sell those without them being the best artwork in the world. You could make a profit off those, right? You would have to be your own boss. You would have to make your own business. You would have to advertise that. You would have to, you have to do a lot of work to get that up there and get that out into the world, but it is able to be done. And I think people seeing that shows them that, oh, this is actually something that I can do below the surface that I don't need to be the best in the world. I think one of the big things for me, as I said before, now I'm going back, way back to the start and that the timing of this and my journey into photography was was so crucial in that I was only just in that headspace that I realized that, oh, art is actually something that I can do. And I only realized that later on because I'd initially gone into like music production, something that I never thought you could do or make any sort of living off. And so being in that and having that as experience moving forward into photography and it showing me that music production is something that a lot of people can do. I don't think it was something that I had ever heard about in primary school or in high school and something that I thought you could do. If I wanted to be a musician, you either had to be a good singer or play the guitar and other than that, I don't know. So now thinking that you could be a music producer or be an engineer or or anyone that works in some sort of technical role within the music industry, to think that that is something I can now do and something that I can do below being the producer for one of the best artists in the world. I can do that at a ground level in my bedroom and still produce good music and and eventually get that up to somewhere that I think uh, would be able to be recognized and I could make a living off that producing music for other people. That to me was something that was just so out there and so inspiring in a way that to think that I could do that for someone and to be shown that that was a way that I could go and, and go and do that. And then in other aspects of my life, I got led into photography and, and, and started to see that emerging in the world and I started to gain an interest in that. And it was from those skills and, and those ideas, I guess, that I'd learned through the music production phase that I went through was that, oh, I can do the same thing here with photography. I don't need to be the best photographer in the world. I don't need to be, I don't need to be taking photos of the best websites in the world or, or for the best businesses. I don't need to be their social media person, but I can still do that here on my own. I can do that for myself. I can, I can go and find other businesses in town and, and, and take photos for them. I can take photos for, for friends and family and I can start building it up that way. Having that come together and having those ideas sort of click in my head and saying, oh, you can do this at whatever level you really want to be at was, was just so amazing to me and something that I just never thought of before. I think in any profession, people operate at different sort of levels and to think that an art industry that if you're not the top, you can't make any sort of living off that was just crazy because there are other industries where if you're not the top of the top, you can still make a decent living. These people are still working, so they're still making some sort of money. They might not be the best in the world, but they're still working. So why can't I do that over here? Now, if I go back to that original question of though I, I would have liked to have started photography earlier, I feel like I'd, I had stumbled on photography a long time ago and I feel like it was something that I always enjoyed in my spare time was being able to take photos. I think as a child, I was a very artistic child without actually realizing it. And I think a lot of the things that I did in my spare time were very artistic and I just never realized that and I never saw that as a career path, as I said, because there was no sort of inspirational aspiration there to go and do that sort of thing. I had sort of role models in that industry. It was very tough to sort of see 
uh, where I could go with it, but it just to me it was just something I did in my spare time. I, artistic child, as I said, I'd like to go and paint. I did a lot of painting when I was a child. I, I often made home movie, took a lot of photos. I played the guitar as well. I often sang a lot. And I did all these sort of things, but I just thought that they could never be something that I would want to do later in life. And, and they were things that I never saw any progression from. I never saw why I would do them at school because there was nowhere to go with that. That I remember being in year eight art class and, and thinking, I can't choose this as one of my subjects continuing on forward because it's not something that I want to do with my life. And I like, I really enjoy it, but it's, I can't continue to do this with my life. So while I don't regret that decision, I think that education around the things that you can do, I think surely has to improve. And, and I think it is one of the big things that would have held a lot of people back. And I see a lot of people starting businesses now and starting in new creative endeavors because they just didn't know it was able to be done. I mean, even going back to the start of this episode, I said that a lot of people thought it was so amazing that I started a podcast because to a lot of people, that's not seen as something that you can do. People don't see those things. And so had I have had role models or had I have had someone tell me that, yes, you can go do those things or yes, you can uh, strive to be an artist and that is a fulfilling career just as anything else is, who knows where I would have been today. But one thing I can't do is go back and say I would like to change all that because I'd love to be an artist from the age of 12 because I would be taking out the last 10 years of my life and just saying that that was all for nothing, which it most definitely wasn't. And I'm very proud of where I've come from and I'm very thankful that I've had the life that I have because in some ways I'm glad that I got to where I am today. There are a lot of people out there who who don't ever find what they really enjoy in life and and being able to find the thing you love is, is I think, so important and so, so amazing to be able to get to that point and find what you love in life. And I don't know whether I can say I wish I would have found it earlier because had I found it earlier, I don't know whether where I'd right now and I don't know whether I'd be making this podcast and I don't know whether I would have gone on the journeys that have led me to be the person who I am today and, and led me to lead this sort of business and take it in the direction that I want to go. In the end, I really want to come back to this point in that I don't think anyone should base what they can do as a career off the income that they're able to produce. And I say that because I think a lot of people get pushed back by the fact that they're not going to be the best artist in the world. People can make things below the top level. And being open to being able to push into that area really opens up other doors and you never know where you might get. The idea that just because you can't make a lot of money in a career doesn't always have to stop you. And I don't think it's always true either because who you're asking is people who have never tried to be in that career. So if you're going to take advice from people who have never tried to do the things you want to do and you're going to take their advice on why you shouldn't do it, is only going to hold you back. You have to listen to your own instincts and you have to listen to yourself and what you think is the best thing for you as I said everyone has something that they would really love to do in life and if you really find something that you would love to do you can't worry about how much money you're going to make in it yeah you just have to throw yourself in there and let that stuff sort itself out because it will sort itself out and you will come to something that you're happy with because at the end of the day in my opinion being happy is so much better than being financially successful if you're happy, you're so much more successful than that person in your own right uh, than you can ever imagine. And being happy with the career that you've chosen based out of the enjoyment that you get out of that skill or that job every day is so much more worth it than just doing something because you can make a lot of money out of it. 
I think that's where I'm going to leave today's episode, guys. I hope you did enjoy it. I know I did go on a bit of a rant there, but I think I was making a bit of sense about some things and and some of the things that I'd been thinking about through the week and and some of the reasons why I think that people do get held back in starting a creative career and starting on a creative journey and starting anything in life is that they've never had exposure to it. And I think you have to be willing to push past what you think is acceptable and what the norm is and what you've been told you can and can't do by other people and and really push and, and strive to be a lot more than that and strive to show other people the way and show what can be done and what you know you can achieve. And I think in that way, you can do whatever you want in life. I hope you did enjoy this episode, guys. If you did enjoy this episode, I would really appreciate it if you would be interested in leaving me a review on the podcast. I had a lot of people ask me yesterday what the best thing they can do is to try and support me in this journey because they were saying just how amazing it was that I was out there uh, actually trying to put myself out in the world like this. And and I think one of the best things that anyone can do is is not only leave a review but also go and share the podcast with someone else. And if you would share it, I know for me that would just mean so much and I know that having it out there and you being able to put yourself on the line and share something that you've enjoyed with the world is tough but I would appreciate that so much more than you could ever know guys but once again I know it's very early days yet and you probably haven't listened to a lot of episodes and I also haven't recorded a lot of episodes so if you're not up to sharing it just yet I'm totally okay with that. I hope that you will eventually come around to the idea as we go on through more episodes and as these start to improve and, and start to get better that you guys will enjoy them a lot more and, and start to start to share them and, and I would love to hear reviews from you guys. I'd love to hear any sort of feedback that I can get and anything that can help this this podcast grow, I think it's greatly appreciated and I and I would always be open to hearing from you guys. You know that. Just message me on Instagram at the Mike Jeffrey and you will find me there. Anyway, guys, I will talk to you again next week. Have a good one. Bye.